Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 121, Like the Rum, of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I am here with my pal in real life, with my foe in fantasy, Nathan, Nate Dog McDonald. How it do? Doing well, my friend, and this week we are going to be getting into our values, our busts, and our top dogs for Dynasty. Of course, later in the sea, or in the uh, summer, I should say, as it is uh, the first day of summer uh, as of yesterday, um, we will be doing our redraft of values, busts, and top dogs. But this is for strictly Dynasty. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of these guys will still like and redraft, but uh, we'll give you a whole new batch of guys for that episode. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be getting into it. One of our favorite episodes to do every year. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, we don't have too much breaking news or anything to get into. Um, Nate, uh, I know uh, there was some, uh, some issues with Tyree kills under investigation for striking a man. Um, you got anything else to, to mention for us? Uh, yeah, there's that, uh, which is ongoing apparently. Um, there, there is some other news, but uh, I will get into it because I'm going to use that news in the players I talk about in a little bit. So we'll save that for a little bit later. Um, yeah, uh, the, just training camp news. Some guys are doing well. Some guys are doing not so well. Most guys are doing great. At least that's always the offseason talk is like there's not a whole lot of negative shit. But uh, one person that has been getting negative uh, publicity is Kayshawn Booty or Boutte. I, he, he says Booty, but I, you know. I would have kept it the other way, but maybe he's trying to match his play style on the field because apparently he's been sucking. And uh, their other rookie, I think uh, Demario Davis, uh, has supposedly been outplaying him. So uh, apparently he's not even a lock to make the roster. So, um, yeah, Kayshawn Booty's been struggling. Yeah, no, you're right. It is kind of rare at this point to hear negative news uh, about players, but... Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's interesting to hear. What a fall from grace it's been for Mr. Kayshawn. Hopefully he can get it together at some point, but it's looking bleaker and bleaker. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it then, man. Uh, first, we're going to start with our values, and uh, we got one at each position for you. Um, and you know, this reflects our draft habits, and uh, you know, we'll kind of if there's a big gap in and any there does doesn't necessarily have to be a gap in ADP. Maybe we think they're valued at the right place, but we're still targeting them. Uh, but at least for the values, <laughs> I guess that's that's not the case. We definitely feel like there is a gap in ADP and they're they're being drafted too late. So um uh but uh but yeah we will go ahead and get into it. Nate, who is your quarterback value? Uh yeah my quarterback value has got to be Mac Jones who I was surprised to see as a current ADP of QB 28. Um, which is just absolutely absurd with someone who is still as young as he is. And like he people seem to forget that he was the best quarterback in his class as a rookie. Like he finished second offensive rookie of the year voting to um, Jamar Chase and he took his team to the playoffs. So um, then he had a down year with an injury and basically no offensive coordinator at all from everything we've heard so far. It seems like he's really getting along. Um, with his new offensive coordinator, uh, which I, for some reason I'm blanking on his name, the old Texans head coach. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think Mac Jones is going to have a bounce back year this year. He is, um, you know, shown that he can perform in the past and, uh, they definitely have some more weapons for him to work with. And they might be getting DeAndre Hopkins, which that would definitely be a big boost to him. But, um, 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't see any reason why Mac Jones should be QB 28 in startup drafts right now. So, um, so yeah, that's my two cents. Bill O'Brien uh, is the man that has uh, came to hopefully save him. And uh, yeah, you know, this was one of the two guys that I also had uh, prepared uh, to load to go. And I probably would have went with him because I totally agree that the the gap is just uh, crazy there. I mean, I think a lot of people think maybe this is his last year. Um, I don't think that at all. Um, I mean, I think even if the Patriots moved on from him, even if Bill uh Bill Belichick hates him because he, you know, kind of mouthed off a little bit to the media last year. Um, he'll still be a starting quarterback on some other team. So I totally agree that uh, he's going to be a starter for what I, I mean. Look, here's the crazy thing. I'm defending Mac Jones at this point. I was like low on him uh, coming out. And, you know, you were always higher on him, like as a prospect and everything else. And I, I still don't think he's like a has the potential to be a top end elite fantasy quarterback or anything. And I always kind of said that, but still at some point, there's a point where you got to put your foot down and say, you know, this is uh, you know, you're being drafted too late here. So I definitely agree with you there. Um, I yeah, just, just to add to that, like he finished QB 18 as a rookie. So um, yeah, I mean, he's rated 10 spots lower than that right now as a third year player. So, so yeah, we're, we're in agreement here. All right. Well, I will get into my quarterback value here. And I am, of course, having to transition a little bit here. Okay. Found it. Found it. 13. Cool. Uh, so, okay. Found, found what I need. Um, yes. Yeah, so, my quarterback is going to be at this point, it's crazy. He's my most owned quarterback and he's a rookie. Uh, we don't often have rookies in this in this section, but I do think, you know, whether it's the rookie draft or if you have the combined vets and rookie draft, he's being drafted too late. And it's CJ Stroud. Uh, he's my most owned quarterback. Uh, he had five shares because I just like, I, I loaded up on draft capital for this class and he kept falling to me at like the one Oh five, one Oh six and rookie drafts. I just did a, a startup draft where he fell to me to the, the three Oh eight, um, where then Bryce young went at like the end of the second round. So there was like almost a whole gap round difference between them. So for me, it's just, uh, I really believe in him as a talent I understand that there's not any super sexy options for him to throw to immediately. I mean, there's a collection of guys that we're hoping come through and somebody show really, you know, shows that they can be an alpha, but nobody that's proven right now. I get that. Um, and I think that's a large part, you know, also the Texans just kind of have a stink on them. They haven't been good. Well, here's the thing. They have been, they're, they're a very short history organization. I think they've found yeah. in like 2003 or 2006. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. They haven't won it all for championship at least once or twice and it, it, it um but uh it might have just been once but either way you know i mean they had some really good seasons with uh, the previously mentioned bill o'brien so uh you know i think in recent years they've been bad but i think you know they've clearly the, the turnaround has started and cj stroud is going to be a part, part of that so cj stroud will be my quarterback value yeah it's uh crazy but they had two seasons back to back of like 10 or more wins uh with um, deshaun watson there so uh, i think it was i'm looking at it now 2018 and 2019 so um yeah it hadn't been that long ago where they were successful and i think they could reach that point again um you and i see cj stroud very similarly so i agree with you on that yeah one more point i will mention and we've said this before on the podcast but i do think another reason why he's being depressed a little bit uh is just oh there's no rushing upside 
I really think that's false. I mean, I don't mm. think he has Lamar Jackson rushing upside. Sure, a hundred percent. But neither does Bryce Young. And the only guy that you can, you know, argue that it does is Anthony Richardson. And that's why people are losing their minds over him. But mm. uh, you know, I still think you know CJ Stroud is both of our quarterback ones in this class, and we've stand stood by that. And it's a bold take at this point. At this t- at this point, we probably sound like two Coco. CJ Stroud, you know, with, he must be our friend from college or something, but where he's, we just both see it the same way. It doesn't always happen this way, but uh, yeah, we, we, the, the fantasy football dog stamps the seal of approval on CJ Stroud. Uh, we're really uh, betting that you'll turn out. So uh, let's get into our next guy, Nate. I will let you uh, take all the values first and I'll take all the bus first. So if you want to take your uh, running back value, go ahead and do so, my friend. Okay. Uh so yeah, I'm just I'm I'm going to hit hit this guy again. Sorry if it's getting repetitive, but the there's no bigger value right now than Cam Akers at the running back position. ADP of RB24 uh for a guy who is still 24 years old and was finally showing his colors at the end of last year. Um I have him at RB8, which I think is the highest I've seen, but I know it's you know higher than some people want to have him, but I legit think this guy is a uh, dynasty RB1. And um, I, he's the RB one on his team, no doubt. Like a uh, piece of news that came in is Sony Michelle got signed to the Rams. That is fantastic news for Cam Akers because they didn't go out and sign somebody like Dalvin Cook or Zeke or anybody like that. Like Michelle is a very good pass blocker and he's good on short you know, yardage situations as a backup. But he's no threat to Cam's role as the RB one on that offense, and they needed RB depth there. Um, there was also the bit about McVay coming out. Uh, re- well, he's been singing his praises for you know ever since last year at this point. But McVay said, you know, Cam is going to be a central figure on this offense. Um, he's had a fantastic offseason. He, he said that Kyron Williams has been good too, but that Cam Akers is a stud. And um, yeah, it's it's you know it's gone along. I mean, he said he's getting along with the new RB coach. Uh, he's carried the momentum in from last year. Everything they're saying and everything they've done points to him being you know a major you know, part of this offense and getting a lot of touches. So I think he has the ability to make that work out for him. And uh, I can see him back with the Rams on like, you know, three or four year deal if he does prove himself this year. So um, yeah, acres, I think is the best value you can get at running back right now. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we might be hearing acres name and, you know, I, I, I do think it's uh, I've seen drafts where I definitely think he's going a little bit too late and I'm, you know, relatively lower on him but i'm closer to you know where you know ec ecr and his adp is but still you know that doesn't always mean that's how it happens in every draft and uh, i definitely think you know even where i have him ranked um he we can go at a value so certainly where you have him ranked it's like the most extreme value you can have and it's a it's definitely worth mentioning uh and uh yeah i'm gonna have a guy from the same draft class uh one that you sir have given up on but i have not and it's Mr. DeAndre Swift. Um, of course, got traded to the Eagles this year, going to be in a new situation. Um, but, I mean, this guy last year, I mean, every year of his career, I mean, 4.6 uh, yards average running uh, uh, in uh, his rookie year. In 2021, it was 4.1, a little bit lower. Last year, is 5.5. And admittedly, that's on 99 carries, but that's still a mm-hmm. large enough sample size to say, 
it's he's still a really good runner. I don't know. He only had five touchdowns, and of course Jamal Williams had a million. So like that's the whole narrative on the season. But I mean, you know, ninety nine carries, five hundred and forty two yards, five point five yards a carry. That's a really good rusher. He coupled that with the fact that he had forty eight receptions. Uh, and 70 targets. So he had potential to, you know, pull in more of those, but either, you know, I don't think he had tons of drops, but you know, just some of those might've been over his head or, you know, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, I mean, he had three, still had three touchdowns in the air. He's fished as a, um, you know, in points per game, uh, uh, fantasy RB one. Uh, I don't know if he's going to necessarily do that again, but I think top 20 is like, feel really confident about that. I understand that Rashad Penny's there, but honestly, I think it's going to be more DeAndre Swift. I'm starting to lean more. It's DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell because they're talking a lot of good stuff on Kenny Gainwell. Uh, They are kind of similar players and both a little bit maybe undersized, but I mean, Rashad Penny has, you know, wasn't signed to a huge contract at all. Like it's, I think it's a one-year contract and he gets injured every single year. So there's, very little investment in him. I'm sure he'll get his chance, but I just think DeAndre Swift is so much more talented. And the RB1 for the Eagles is going to be, I mean, I understand that Jalen Hurts is still going to run in touchdowns and everything else, but uh, I mean, last year he feasted, last year, sorry, Mike fell over if you heard that. Uh, last year he finished as uh, 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 the RB25. So admittedly, that's lower than I, uh, you know, would have hoped, but that's, I still think it's, it's only up from there. I think he's going to be utilized more. I mean, he only had 99 carries. I I feel it's almost certain in a rush heavy offense, like the Eagles compared to the most pass heavy offense that the lions were last year. Um, he's going to get more carries than that. And while he may not average 5.5 yards a clip, I mean, anybody thinking he's not a good runner is insane. He's been a good runner all three years that he's been in the league. He just hasn't gotten major workloads, but he's a great pass catcher. Um, if he gets the chance, and of course he's gotten banged up a little bit. He, you know, has played 13 games, 13 games, and 14 games, but it's not like he's missed full seasons. You know, he's missed, you know, four, three games um each season. So uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm still in on DeAndre Swift. I have him at RB15 in Dynasty. He's going uh ADP uh RB. 20. So definitely a pretty big gap there. And uh, I have uh, scooped him up in a couple of drafts and uh, also have traded for him um, in a couple of places. I think I traded um, Rashad White in a third in one league. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm in on Rashad White. I like him, but, uh, you know, not as much as I like like uh, DeAndre Swift. So um, anyways, uh, you know, that's my running back value. Nate, I know you have a little bit of disagreement. Uh, you aren't as in on him. So, uh, you know, I'll let you speak on that if you'd like. Yeah, I'm not completely out on on Swift. Uh, he's going to a great offense. And, you know, if Penny doesn't get the work or he is injured or whatnot, you know, he could be getting. I would. I do think he's going to get more than 99, cut, um, you know, rushes Swift. But I don't think he's getting 48 catches. Like, there's no way. Like, Jalen Hurts, you know, Jared Goff likes stumping it off to running backs. Like, Jalen Hurts does not. He runs a lot more. And, um, and yeah, like, I think Kenny Gainwell would be fighting him for that role as well. So, he's going to have to do it as a runner. Um, and, unfortunately, that means you're going to take a little bit more of a pounding. And he has had a tendency to really get nicked up over his career. So, um, that's my concern with him and, you know, they traded away for not him away for not very much, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm not completely out on him, but I'm definitely a little bit lower than you are. Yep. No, well, fair enough. Um, all right, well, uh, go ahead and get into your value wide receiver. Uh, yes. So my value wide receiver is going to be Mr. Brandon. Ayuk. uh, could have gone with several different guys here, but, uh, I was just surprised when I saw that his ADP is wide receiver 30. 
in uh, dynasty startup right now. Um, I have him at wide receiver 20 and I can definitely see a world where he, you know, outperforms that. And he outperformed it last year. He finished last year as wide receiver 15. So, you know, a high, high end uh, wide receiver too. Uh, he's only 25 years old. Uh, I do think he works a little bit better in an offense with Christian McCaffrey, or at least is less affected by it than Debo is just because he doesn't, you know, he's more of a pure wide receiver, um, you know, less liable to be hurt by somebody else getting touches out of the backfield and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be, a, you know, I think it's you know, pretty certain that's going to be Brock Purdy passing him the ball, which means they're going to be passing it a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I think there was kind of pointed up for Ayuk. He's, you know, had, you know, aside from one season, he's been really good so far in his career. And, um, you know, I just think the ADP of wide receiver 30 is just way too low. Yeah, I didn't really, I mean, I feel like in the drafts I've gone in both times or, or I've seen twice where he's gone before Debo. There's a couple where, you know, Debo might've gone two or three spots above him as well, but um, you know, yeah, but uh, definitely ADP 30. I mean, um, I have him uh lower than you, but um, I still have him at uh 26, so yeah, definitely, I'm still higher than ADP, which I, I wasn't expecting necessarily be on CJ on uh Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, it's funny, Brandon Ayuk was my bus wide receiver last year, and I definitely uh, was wrong on that take, so uh, I've come around. ADP on uh, Brandon Ayuk. So, um, you know, not quite as high as you still, but I totally agree that, you know, I could, you know, argue that he's a value too, if I have him, you know, um, you know, four or five spots higher than, than ADP. So, uh, no arguments for me on Brandon Ayuk. I think he's, I don't know what, one thing I will say, you know, wide receiver 15, I think that's really good. And I think he can repeat that. I don't know if I see top 10 upside, top eight upside for him. And, you know, even though I know that Debo is a little bit more risky, of course, he's proven he can do that. Will it happen again without the rushes? Maybe not. Um, but I'm still a little bit more in on Debo. I think I have Debo two spots higher still. But, uh, you know, that that's, uh, you know, definitely I've come a lot closer to to viewing that. I mean, I think it's one of the best offenses in the league, no matter who the quarterback is. So uh, mm-hmm. there's room for both of those guys to eat. But um, all right, well, I'll get into my value. And we're going a little deeper on the board here, but... ADP has him at wide receiver 60. So we're talking like back end wide receiver five, high end wide receiver six. I've gotten him in every single draft I've done this year. So I had no choice but to take him. I've never been super high on this guy. I just feel like he's like the last guy that's the second target on his offense that gets taken uh in my rankings i have him at 48 um ecr is a little bit closer to me um they have him at uh, 40 uh, sorry 53 but um you know adp has him at uh, 60 so way too low i have him as a wide receiver four um and you know adp has him as almost a wide receiver six and that's going to be jacoby myers that's um, a long lead in yeah, it took me a minute. Sorry. Jacoby Myers. He's the last person that is like this clear second target on his offense. And I know the whole thing about Jacoby Myers is he doesn't catch touchdowns, but last year he actually did catch some. Uh, he, uh, you know, has always been really good route runner, really good at getting open and really good at securing the ball. Doesn't have too much after the catch. But he's had his moments. Um, but you know, that's not necessarily, you know, where he's gonna make his heyday. But I think he's a really, really good compliment uh to Devontae Adams. 
Um, clearly Devontae Adams is going to be the alpha, but he can't get all the targets. And I think Jacoby Myers uh, is going to be set up really well. I understand one fear is probably Jaco- uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And is he going to stay healthy? Is it kind of going to be a rebuilding year if he did go down? Or even if he is there, is he going to be able to compete in the AFC? Because probably not. Uh, but I think that Jacoby Myers will be game in, game out, 10, 15 points with the possibility to get more. Uh, and he, when you're talking about, you know, wide receiver, I mean, I've drafted him in the 14th round, the 15th round, once the 12th round, but that was because there wasn't rookies included. So, um, you know, he's going out of value that if I can take 10, 15 points in the fucking 15th round of a startup draft, then I'll do that every single time. And I have done that every single time so far. I have Jacoby Myers on every startup I've done this year. So had to, had to put him in as my value wide receiver. Uh, yeah, good call. I think uh, wide receiver 60 is way too low because it's not like he's like super old or anything. He's what, like 25, 26 years old now? Yeah, I think he's 26, but still yeah. like very, very young. And I mean, going into his prime and has proven he's really good and really consistent, just hasn't gotten the touchdown. So and got a big ass contract. Like if you're following the money, he got a nice four year yeah. deal. So um, yeah, no, good call there. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and jump into tight ends. And for my value tight end, I'm going to have the same exact man I had last year, which is Tyler Higby. Uh, yeah, is we we talked about it on last week's episode, but his uh, current ADP is tight end 28, which is absolutely absurd. He, I, I have him at tight end 17, and I feel bad about it because I feel like it should be higher. Uh, last year he finished as tight end seven. Uh, he's you know shown like he can finish as a top five tight end in the past. I don't. I, I think part of it is, I think the Rams are going a little bit. You know, people are dissing them too much and thinking they're going to be like absolutely awful this year when they're much healthier. They got their weapons back, and yeah, this is a team that you know under McVeigh has only had a losing season one time. So yeah, I think the weapons on that team for the most part are being undervalued. So, uh, but yeah, Tyler Higby might be the king of them. Just uh, tight end 28 is, is is ridiculous. And he's still 30 years old. Like he's, you know, he still has, you know, three to four, you know, very good years left. So uh, I don't get it. I know we're in agreement on this one, but, um, but yeah, Higby at tight end 28 is just absurd. Yep. Yeah. If you didn't take him, I would have taken him. Um, he is my target. If I'm not going to get one of the top end tight ends, he's kind of my tar. I mean, you know, I might try to grab a guy with a little bit of uh, age around the maybe back-to-back picks. It's like, a, I don't know. Joku probably goes a couple rounds above, um, above him, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he really is a value and, I mean, yeah, he, he, um, I, I think that every player on the Rams offense has the potential to be a value this year. I think, I think that everybody, I mean, I won't say every player, but I'll say like, uh, you know, I think Van Jefferson is a, is a, is a good value. That's a name we could have named in this section. Uh, I think, you know, Cooper Cup is going a little too low. I mean, some people are still drafting him right, but, you know, uh, Cam Akers, as you already mentioned, is is probably going to be a, a value for this season. So, and, and Matt Stafford, I mean, especially we'll see where he goes in redraft, but, um, you know, if he does, he, uh, he could rekindle his career and still have another two, three years left in him. And, you know, we're kind of selling him uh, off a little bit. So, yeah, I think the whole, the whole Rams offense is, is one to look at and not that I think they're going to be, you know, the best that they were, you know, a couple of years ago, but uh, I think that people are, are harshing them a little bit too hard as well. So uh, we're in a, agreement there um my tight end value is going to be one mr trey mcbride 
I know it hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. They drafted him in the second round. He was the first tight end drafted last year. He has tremendous talent coming out of college, put up great production, uh, is a great receiving tight end. I mean, uh, Zach Zach Ertz is still there, but I really do think the, you know, the career is going to wane there. And, uh, you know, there's really not many targets with D-Hop gone now. I really think there's a lot of targets opening up for a guy like Trey McBride to uh, really kind of break out this year. If we did break out, it's kind of hard to say what's a breakout versus a value. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the lines can blur sometimes, but he, I, I totally see him as a breakout this year. And uh, I don't know if he'll be, you know, necessarily a top 10 tight end, but I think top 15 is, is super uh, in the realm of possibility. And he's, uh, you know, tight end 16 for me in dynasty right now. And I felt like he was a little too low, but his ADP is at 20 um, and ECR is at 19. So, right right around the same place so you know i'm several spots higher and i'm still willing to take the swing i think because you know nothing really happened in the first year people are just not patient enough anymore especially for a position like tight end that we know nine times out of ten is going to take more than one year so i uh, haven't written trey mcbride off and i still have him ranked higher than guys like uh, chigo conquo from the same class um so uh so yeah you know i, I i'm still in on him yeah, I think you're a tad higher than me, but uh, yeah, I still think he's a value as well. He's, you know, a product of, you know, over-exaggerated expectations for a rookie tight end, which rarely ever are met. So yeah, I think he's a good ad right now. We talked about that. Um, I, I'm only going to mention one other guy just because I know he's not going to be your top dog at this position, but uh, we talked about him before the episode, but Logan Thomas uh, is ADP of tight end 47. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he is, you know, he's about to be 32 years old. So you got maybe three or four more years of him. But, uh, you know, last time he was healthy, he was tight in four on the year, which was 2020. But then he had an Achilles injury in 2021, came back last year, but wasn't quite the same. But we've kind of seen it with other players at this point with the recent surgery give them, you know, an extra year of time and they kind of get that explosiveness back. So um, reportedly he was one of Sam Howell's favorite targets and, you know, Eric B enemy is, you know, there now. So he's been, you know, heavily involving Travis Kelsey for the last several years. So I, uh, I think he's going to continue to target that position. And so like, you know, especially if you're just looking for a late round ad at the end of your draft, I think Thomas could uh, really surprise for, you know, teams that are trying to win now. I do agree he's a value. I've picked him up on the waiver wire in several leagues uh, this past week when that news came out. But here's a couple things I will say. The whole Achilles new surgery thing, I think the jury's still out on that. It looks like Cam Akers could be a code breaker, but we also see what just happened to James Robinson, uh, who, you know, injuries happened around the similar time he had the same surgery and doesn't look like he's gotten it back. So I mean, teams don't explosiveness to begin with. Well, you ran like might a be four fun. six at the combine. Oh, this was what I was telling you, and you guys were in on him. But anyways, uh, you know, I just say like, you know, the jury's still a little bit out on that. He is thirty two, and I don't know that a guy maybe the age could make it harder than a you know twenty two year old like like Pam Akers that got the surgery at twenty two versus you know thirty one or thirty whenever uh, Logan Thomas got the surgery. So. I don't know if that's one-to-one, but at the same time, totally worth the risk with where he's taken. I just like, wouldn't be surprised if it also fell flat on his face. And you know, he, you said two to three years left and it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if literally like we can't play him another fantasy game, but, uh, you know, I do think that the, the range of outcomes are super high and it's worth taking the risk for where he's going. 
Damn, I'm regretting this now. I'm looking at ADP. No, I I I I like uh, what you said there, and I I still go with my Logan Thomas call. But I just saw that Hunter Henry is uh, tight end forty two in ADP, and that's also just ridiculous to me. So you feel like he's going to be the guy over Mike Gesicki? I don't know, but like even if he's not, he's still twenty eight years old. Even like you know they run and the a lot Patriots of Patriots use end multiple shit. tight ends. Yeah, 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 so yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's, that's really fucking low for Hunter Henry, but uh, yeah, surprising. Uh, I did scoop him up in a draft recently, so yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, there's a point where I'm willing to take him as well. But uh, good call, good call. All right, just something else. Uh, no, I was saying good call, and let's get to the bust. Oh, yes. Let's get to the bust. Um, I will go ahead and get into my first bust. And these are, you know, kind of negative. Let me clarify what I mean by a bust. Um, I don't think he's going to fulfill the expectations that people have. Does that mean he's not going to be at all a good fantasy player or even a good real life player? No, I don't necessarily think that. And for me, the jury is completely still out. And I could be completely looking wrong on this call, but I just think he's being drafted too high still for Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love is going to be my bust at quarterback. Look, the guy's in his fourth year. He's started like two games. I know that one of the greatest of all times was was starting a, a before him. So you know that makes sense in a way. But and I mean he won the MVP two years in a row of those uh, years that uh, Jordan Love was sitting. But right now his ADP is twenty one. I've been in two drafts where he's been drafted uh, as the quarterback seventeen and eighteen. So that's uh, you know even higher. That's just the drafts I've been in there. So ADP is twenty one, a little bit lower than that. I have him at quarterback twenty five. Um, so I, again, it's not like a, but to be, to be fair, like after quarterback 24 gets, you know, and even at quarterback 24 in, in dynasty, it's very shaky. And so that, that's a lot of gap, um, for, you know, you know, by the time you get to like quarterback 28 or 29, you don't even want these guys on your team hardly. So, um, for Jordan love, I just don't think I, I don't think, I think he's going to look like a rookie. Um, I, I, and, and looking like a rookie in your fourth year is, is not good. I don't think it's going to be looking like a Justin Herbert rookie either. I think it's going to be like we see for most rookies coming in. I don't think he's going to be horrible or fall flat on his face. I just don't think he's going to be fantasy. Uh, the, the fantasy output's going to be very high, especially in this first year. And then after this first year, what happens? They did do kind of a weird thing with the franchise tag or a fifth year extension, but it's for very little money for a quarterback. So, uh, you know, no, nothing really solidified. He has to prove it this year. And if he sucks, they're going to move on. So uh, I think he's just, um, people are just assuming he's going to have, he's going to be, you know, the Brett Favre. And then they, they move it into Aaron. Rodgers and now it's Jordan Love and maybe that's a wonderful story to paint and maybe the Packers organization really is that good but um you know I I don't think I'm quite sold on that and I think he's going just a little bit too high so uh people are depending on to be like a dependable quarterback too this year um he may finish in the top 24 but I think it'll be low end top 24 I don't think he'll be you know anywhere towards the high ends of the guys that are really winning you games in uh in you know fantasy superflex leagues Yeah, I uh, I don't feel really strongly one way or another. I definitely see a scenario where he falls flat on his face. I think he'll look a little bit better than a rookie just because he's been in the system. He's been, you know, being coached in an NFL offense and practicing behind one of the greats. So I think he'll look a little bit better than just, you know, a, a deer in the headlights. But um, but yeah, I definitely see, you know, a scenario where he just like does not do it this year and they immediately draft over him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, who do you got as your quarterback best? Well, a guy that's already been drafted over, they just didn't know it, is Mr. Trey Lance. 
And he still has a current ADP of QB 20, which for a guy who's not going to start on his own team is way too fucking high. Like he, he's not going to be the starter. And I, I don't know if, uh, you know, y'all saw, but a piece of news that I was withholding till now, but Adam Schefter went on the Pat McAfee podcast and was talking on there and said there was no trade market for Trey Lance. That's why he hasn't been traded. And that he would guess that Darnold is ahead of him in the race for QB two. He said, you know, Purdy when healthy is the QB one, uh, but Lance might not even be the QB two on that team. And, you know, apparently there's not a strong market for him to be traded to another team to try to get playing time. So um, yeah, the, the idea that like, Oh, if it doesn't work out with the 49ers, he's going to get traded somewhere else and, you know, be able to start for a year or two. Like, I, I think that is far from guaranteed. And uh, I don't think there's any situation he's going to go to that has like a better infrastructure and weapons than, uh, you know, what the 49ers have. So, so yeah, um, you know, I, I do think it sucks a bit for him. I, you know, I've been off Trey Lance since the very beginning before the draft, but um, you know, he hasn't had a chance to, you know, put a whole lot of film on in the NFL. I do judge him harshly on what he has shown and I judge him harshly in college, but, uh, but yeah, it does suck a little bit for him, but, um, you know, his, his time as, you know, a guy that can really do it as a starter may be coming to an end way quicker than we all expected. Um, but yeah, Lance at QB 20, I just, in dynasty startups, there's no way I'm taking that chance. Yeah. Yeah, I um I have him ranked outside of 20 as well. So I I you know, I have him um at 25. Wow. I was so in on it wasn't even like I mean, I was actually as a prospect, he was my number 3. I liked of course Trevor Lawrence and uh Justin Fields more as prospects, but once he got drafted to the 49ers, I moved him to 2. I was so excited about that situation. And I still think there's a world, there's like a ugh, 25 to 33% chance where that happens. But it's so it's that's not, you know, the odds are still not in my favor. And I'm sure the odds that I see it are way higher than probably the odds that you see it. So um, you know, I um I want to take the swing. I have him in one league. Uh I'm willing to sell him <laughs> if anybody's listening. But uh, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I want to kind of hold on and just see if it happens. And if not, just take my loss and you know, go go down guns blazing on the guy that I was in on uh, as a prospect. And sadly, he hasn't failed. Like you said, he just circumstances have worked out such that he hasn't had the time to develop. And especially when he had the COVID year before and didn't play the year before college, it's just starting to get really concerning that he really needs to be on the field and, and be developing. And if he's not, um, he's just being, you know, stagnant and, uh, that's not necessarily his fault, but I am becoming worried as well. So I can't disagree with you here. Um, Finally, we're not in I full agreement, it. but we're, we're, we're inching closer. Like I said, I got a 33% belief. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, but it used to be a lot higher than that. Definitely this time last year was a lot higher. Um, all right. Well, uh, my bust for running back and it's not going to be this year it's gonna he's gonna be great this year so don't don't quote me but this is for dynasty um tony pollard tony pollard's got to be my bust um you know ecr of nine and ecr has him higher than adp adp is 12 so experts are more in on the uh, are in 
my opinion, more wrong than the community, which is rare that that happens. But <laughs> I have him at, I have him at uh, running back 16. Um, I have him way lower in dynasty. Look, he's going to have a great year this year. But I mean, l- let me just mention one thing. Like everybody's like, oh, the Cowboys are going to run so much. Mike McCarthy only wants to run the ball. Do you think that Tony Pollard is a 300 touch running back? Not, and he never will be. He uh, he he never has been. And you can say, oh, it's because Zeke is there. I guarantee you, he's not. I mean, they're gonna. You know, I think that Malik Davis and yeah, even uh, maybe even the rookie that they drafted, um, Deuce Vaughn, might even get some work on third down. Um, so uh, you know, I just I don't think that. I mean, I think he has the chance to be a top twelve running back this year, a hundred percent. But he's on a franchise tag. Uh, we see what's happening with running backs. He's already twenty six. And he's just getting his opportunity now. So um, I just, in Dynasty, I'm not willing to really take the thing. Everything that the Cowboys have done in the offseason, to complete my point from earlier, they've what have they done? They've added Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, Michael, Gallup's is, uh, Michael Gallup is coming back. They they added a tight end in Luke Schoonmaker. Like, it's pass-catching options. So I know that the whole narrative is like Mike McCarthy can only run the ball, but Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl-winning champ uh, 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 coach. And I actually wrote out my top 12 uh, coach rankings. He's number 11 for me. Like, that might be a hot take. People really hate on Mike McCarthy, but, uh, you know, the guy has gotten to this uh, playoffs every year that he's been the coach uh, for for the for the Cowboys, and he's um, also won a Super Bowl, which very few coaches in the in the league has. So I think they're going to be just fine over at the Cowboys. Their passing offense, I should say. Uh, but uh, you know, even if there is more running game, I don't think that Tony Pollard is going to be this crazy workhorse back that gets you know twenty plus carries a game. I don't think that's the type of runner that Tony Pollard is. Is, and he's also coming off an injury from last year, which is why he was franchise tagged and it didn't go on the open market. So, which is unfortunate for him, but it's, you know, I'm just an injured 26 year old running back who's getting his first chance at, at leading the backfield isn't like dynasty gold in my eyes. So, uh, top 12 running back is definitely out of the question for, for Tony Pollard. Yeah, I I can see this going either way. I'm kind of coming around on Tony Pollard, if I'm being honest, just because like, He's one of those where I don't think he has to have 300 touches to be, you know, an RB1. I mean, shit, last year he had, what, two, last year, yeah. 232, and he had almost 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. So uh, he was RB9 in total points and points per game last year. So um, He had 242 I mean, last year? What's that? He had 242 last year? Uh, 232. Uh, total touches. Yeah. Total touches. Okay, that's catches. Okay, that's catches. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, I yeah, think yeah, he can... he's great in the pass catching game. That's definitely, I don't dispute that. I mean, I, I don't dispute that. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he had almost 200 carries. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry the previous year. He averaged 5.5. Uh, he is efficient and, you know, he's got, he isn't a small guy. I mean, he's six foot, uh, almost 210 pounds. Um, so yeah, I, I can see a world where the Pollard thing pays off. So I'm, um, I don't know, I, I might be coming around, but I, I, I also see a world where they signed Dalvin Cook or Zeke and, um, you know, are back to splitting it. But again, they were splitting it last year and he was still an RB one. So, so when you say coming around, I think we both had him ranked at, at 16, right? Yeah. Uh, I had him at the RB 16. So when you say coming around, so ECR has him at nine. ADP has him at 13. So are you closer to coming around, you know, to ADP or closer to coming around to ECR? Coming around the ADP? I mean, it's just like, 
Yeah, I mean, I I could ar- make an argument to take him above Javante Williams. Um, no. Yeah. I, no, you can't make that argument. Javante Williams is like three and a half years younger. Oh my goodness. But okay, what is fine. he? He had what? 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 One or two? He good finished games? RB R, RB fifteen and in his rookie year, and then he got a Achilles tear, which I mean, it, it wasn't Achilles. I'm sorry, it's ACL, which it was a MCL and a bunch of other things too, but. I mean, yeah, you know, you're the king of you're the king of like, oh, these young guys are going to recover and we're going to still believe in him. So why can't you do that for for all Javante? I mean, he wasn't like a super freak athlete to begin with, and then he's likely going to lose a step. And, you know, there's the uncertainty about the injury and all that. I mean, I, I still like Javante. I had him at uh, RB 15, but like I can definitely understand swapping him and Pollard. So. Uh, fair enough. I, fair enough. It's not crazy, but I, I do see a world where Pollard, like you know, pays off on what people are paying for him at the moment. Um, yeah. Well, Javante yeah. had an argument for for being a top dog for me, but he's not. But I am. I'm defending Javante fiercely because I am very. I mean, <laughs> we talked about it last episode, but I am very in on Javante this year. So, nice. um, all right. Well, uh, who is your running back bust? Well, your, we're gonna have some more work? disagreement here because. Uh, my running back bust, and I know I mentioned him last episode. I don't care because he's the clear candidate for me. It's Jameer Gibbs. Uh, wow. Just because, yeah, ADP of RB6. I had him at RB14, but um, I do not think he's going to get the touches necessary to meet those very high expectations. Uh, I do think he's going to be taken out of goal line situations, which is a big thing, especially, you know, David Montgomery is there is a fantastic goal line back. And a good first and second down runner as well. So, um, and a better pass blocker than Jameer Gibbs is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, him not getting the touchdowns and the goal line stuff was a problem for him in college. Uh, he had 20 touchdowns all three years combined in college. Um, just to put that in perspective, Najee Harris had 30 touchdowns in his final year alone in college. So, just compared to like other workhorse backs, or, you know, he, he, he he was the lead back, but he wasn't like a workhorse. And that's where I don't think he has the ability to carry a heavy workload. Well, to be fair, he was a bit more of a workhorse at Georgia tech and they scored a lot less touchdowns in general uh, than, than, you know, he was only at Alabama for one year, but you're right. That's how Alabama used him. But I mean, I, you know, I don't have the carry totals in front of me or anything, but I know that he was pretty prolific as far as, um, you know, he had a lot of catches and carries and, it wasn't that they weren't using them at the goal line at Georgia tech. It's just, they weren't getting up the goal line very often, but, uh, but you know, that being said, uh, you know, I definitely do agree that I'm starting to come around to maybe knocking him down a couple spots to more like RB eight um, or something. I haven't met RB six. So I'm right there with uh consensus. My defense would just be like RB 12 is higher than I, I, and I know that's not just like the exact way. It's not one for one, but it's higher than almost all of our favorite running backs. <laughs> yeah. Except for Bijan and Saquon. So um, I just, and, and I guess CMC, but um, that being said, uh, they're going to use them. I mean, every other back that's been drafted in that territory has ended up being fantasy gold pretty much. There's very few busts in that territory outside of like a Trent Richardson uh, and a couple mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, at least in recent, recent fantasy space i'm sure you could go back and find some but um you know uh most of the time in this day and age when rbs are drafted this early uh it means this team is about to utilize them in a way that's central to their offense and uh he might not get you know i think 200 carries is very possible um but yeah you know in year one it might be more like 175 or something but i definitely think uh you know the value per touch is going to be super high in that very high powered offense 
Yeah, we'll see. I just, you know, you could have said the same thing for, so I think if you do try to give him that kind of workload, he's going to break down pretty quick. I don't think he's, you know, 199 pounds. I don't think he, he hasn't has though. He, he hasn't shown that, but just, you know, just because of the size. I mean, it, it he's never even had those. 200 touches in a single season in college. Like we haven't seen him do it before. You didn't have 200 at GT? No. Okay. All right. The most he had in a single year was his his year at Bama, and it was 195. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, Fair enough. Is, I just don't think he's gonna, especially like Dave Montgomery's, you know, top ten paid running back in the league right now. Like he's gonna get the work uh, in like short yardage stuff, especially. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my concern. Yeah, I also just think that the you know Lions organization are gonna be. They've been picked on so much for making that pick that I that's like they. They're really going to want to make it work, but whether it does or doesn't, you know, if he gets injured and breaks down, then it doesn't matter what they want. So, um, so yeah, but we will move on. I'll get into my bust wide receiver. I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with me here. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure how you're parsing this, uh, this wide receiver group here, but, um, for me, it's the first one that's being drafted. I would have picked whichever the first one being drafted is, but it's, uh, Kadarius, Tony who's being uh, drafted at ADP 39. Um, I'm not going to draft him. I will not draft him anywhere close to wide receiver almost three territory. Are you kidding me? You want Kadarius Tony as a wide receiver three? This man, along with Chase Claypool, has ne- I've never seen somebody hyped up so much for one damn game that happened two years ago. Like I'm not saying he doesn't have talent or anything but he's been injured he's shown off the field issues he's a diva uh this wide receiver room is super crowded we don't really ever know who we can start like why i don't know why even Kadarius tony i think i would still take sky Moore over Kadarius tony i would definitely take rasheed rice over uh, Kadarius tony why are people drafting him so high and why are they deciding that Kadarius tony is the number one chiefs wide receiver that we want i don't i don't Maybe he has the highest upside, but I mean, he's also played the fewest games and had the fewest. I mean, he's like just a, a specter. And I know he scored a touchdown in the damn Super Bowl, but that's just way too high in ADP. I, I probably have him more as a wide receiver five or even a wide receiver six. I would not want him as my, my wide receiver four. So he's, you know, he's outside of my top 48. Um, and his, you know, ADP is, is 40 or I'm sorry, 39. So uh, the ECR is 40. So uh, yeah, I don't understand the. The, the Kadarius Tony love at this point, um, you know, again, Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, whichever one of those three are drafted last is the one that I'll take. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just I, I just don't think he's ever going to be able to stay healthy long enough to give you, you know, consistent fantasy work. Um, that's the main thing with him at this point. I have no doubts about like his talent level or his athleticism. But he it's almost like he's too explosive for his tendons and stuff. He's always pulling hamstrings or, you know, having a problem with his ankle or something like it's just always soft tissue shit that goes wrong with him. So um, that is going to allow other guys to come in. And I think that's where you get Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore maybe getting a little more work in the long run. So I I think that's a pretty good call. If just uh, an interesting question, assuming health from all three of those guys and, of course, Kelsey as well. Do you do you feel like Darius Tony is the most talented or the one that would that would finish the best or do you are you more in on Rasheed or Sky as a talent? Because honestly, all three of those guys you you're pretty in on. Uh, I mean, as far as as prospects, so yeah, um, I'd say Tony is the most athletically gifted of all those guys. Um, 
you know, Sky Moore coming in behind him. He's, you know, pretty insanely athletic himself. Rasheed Rice isn't that like athletic, but I think he's the most polished out of all of them and is like more of a, you know, a hammer instead of, you know, a drill. Um, does a little bit more of force instead of finesse. So, um, so yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. Okay. Okay. But there's not one that you feel there's way stronger about than the others of, of that group. No, unfortunately not, because I think the Chiefs distribute the ball so much. What I'm hoping for is like one of them takes over the Juju Smith-Schuster kind of role. I think Tony's going to be too hurt for it. Uh, I think Rasheed Rice is kind of built well for it. So, um, yeah, he probably would be my pick, but Sky Moore is right in contention with him. All right. Yeah, fair enough. No, it's a really hard uh, wide receiver core to break down, and that's why mm. I'm confused why there's like a 10-spot gap between Kadarius Tony and the, the next – you know, Chiefs wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't get it. But, anyways, um, yeah. Uh, who is your wide receiver bust? Uh, yeah, my bust is going to be Mr. Calvin Ridley, uh, new Jaguars. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I don't you... think it's a major bust. I don't think. I, I don't know. I go back and forth on this, but just ADP of wide receiver 25 for a guy who's barely played the past two years. He turns 29 during the season, uh, and he's yet to prove that he can be the number one wide receiver on an offense. And there are a lot of good wide receivers on this offense. You, I mean, Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be the guy. He came off a fantastic year last year. Um, then you got Zay Jones, who also you know kind of broke out last year. I, uh, you know, Evan Ingram as well. So I don't know, man. I uh, I don't see him as clear to just walk into a wide receiver one role as everybody else does. He hasn't played real football in a very long time, and there's a lot of competition for touches. And you don't know if he's going to take a mental break at some point and just sit out games or or whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, I do like Ridley when he's healthy and you know his mind is focused and he's you know playing on a good offense, but. Um, just the ADP of wide receiver 25, I think is just a little bit rich for me. So 25 is rich for me too. I have him at 29, but, um, let me come to the fence of Mr. De- uh, Calvin Ridley here. All right. So he has been proven that he's the wide receiver one on offense. He outproduced, uh, at least in fantasy, they had similar stats, but in fantasy, uh, Calvin Ridley was the better receiver the last year that Julio Jones was there. And then he was on track to have a great year over a thousand years before, you know, his injury took him out that year. He finishes the wide receiver five overall in, in, in fantasy. And he did it on a broken foot, a quarter or on a foot, according to his, you know, little memoir that he put out. He's been out for two years, but it's not because of injury. It's because of all this other stuff. It's not like his body's broken down. If anything, his body's had a chance to heal in this time. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not not calling Calvin Ridley a bust. And in fact, I think he's closer to a value than a bust. But this is the first take that on this episode that you've had that I that I'm like in super disagreement with. So I'm glad we can at least have one. But yeah, no, we will definitely I'll I'll have to um yeah, that that'll be a guy. Where where do you have him? Is he in your top 36 or no? Uh I let me check. I only ranked down to 32, but he ain't make it in that list. Got you, got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I have him in my top thirty, so we definitely have a difference there. But uh, fair enough. So you, you, you'd rather have Kirk in Dynasty? Uh, yeah, I would. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's getting ta- he's getting taken above George Pickens, uh, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Godwin, Zay Flowers. I mean, I would take all those guys over him. 
I agree with most of those except flowers. But yeah, uh, fair enough. Well, all right. Um, we will move on. My tight end bust is going to be. I think you're really in on this guy, so I don't think you're gonna like this one. But uh, Chega Conquo. Um, I get it. Like he's athletic, and there's very little weapons. That's all we can say. Has this man? I mean, he had uh, here. I'm I'm pulling up the stats last year. He had 32 receptions last year, 450 yards, three touchdowns. So, I mean, maybe in that offense that was impressive last year, but, I mean, it's not fantasy relevant. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe the role will grow or whatever, but, uh, I mean, he's being drafted in, in two drafts. I've been inside of the top 12. Uh, his his ADP is 14, like almost a top. I, I don't know what he's done to deserve being a top 12 tight end. There's – Tons of tight ends that are not like old and decrepit that have still outproduced him. Um, I have him at tight end 17. Uh, and I actually uh, originally, uh, yeah, I, I have uh, uh, Tyler Higby uh, one spot be- below him. But honestly, I'm tempted to just go ahead and bump Higby back uh, up a spot here because um, I just, uh, Higby's done it. He was tight end seven last year. Uh, I don't, I don't think that the, Titan Titans offense, even their second receiving option, if that's what he ends up being, assuming they don't bring in someone like D hop or just another good receiving option. Um, I don't think that it's going to be a, a top 12 tight end or you know, definitely not like a top, you know, eight tight end that you want to start on a week to week basis. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. He's athletic. There's tons of athletic tight ends in the league. A guy like Jelani, Jelani Woods, I have two uh, rank three spots below him, but I totally think Jelani Woods could be the guy that we want at the end of this year. Um, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not in as in on Jigger Conquo. Admittedly, I am in a league in a couple of leagues with the guys I've drafted that have drafted him inside of the top 12 that uh apparently one or two of the guys are really, really in on him, but still tight end ADP of 14 is is too high for me. So uh Chico Conquo, it, it's not that I think he's never gonna produce or whatever, but I definitely don't think he's gonna sniff tight end one production this year. Yeah, we definitely have some differences in the, this bus section because I, I I would have him labeled closer to a value. I had him at tight end eleven in my startup rankings, and uh, but you yeah, have him as a tight end one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his ADP is uh, fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a sleepy sleeper ADP at uh, tight end sixteen. So yeah, I um, oh. you know I, I personally would take him as a value, but uh, yeah, and like you know even on a god awful offense that their offensive line was you know messed up with injuries and you know their, their quarterbacks were off and on like. His last, uh, what was it? I don't want to be called a liar here. Uh, so yeah, his last six games, he was tight in fifteen or better in four of them, uh, including a tight end three finish, tight end seven, and tight end eight. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he had quite a few finishes as tight end one last year at the end of the year. So um, yeah, I think people are kind of expecting him to build on that momentum going forward, and for the offense to just be better than the absolute you know dumpster fire that it was last year. It's been better all the years before that. I suspect it's going to be better again this year. So um, yeah, I, I really like Alconquo's athleticism. He's twenty three years old. So yeah, that's kind of all the reasons why I put him at tight end eleven. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm looking at the scores here, and you're right uh, as far as his weekly finishes. But I mean, he had a game of 18.5 points, and this is you know not tight end premium. This is just PPR. But and then one game of 13 points, but uh, he scored 10 points twice, but otherwise completely unstartable. Um, so yeah, I 
I just don't understand what he's done to become a tight end one. I think it's a lot of projection. I understand he's young and athletic and that offense looks kind of barren right now, but things can, things can change really quickly. Adding a guy like D hop, I mean, would drastically decrease the amount of targets that I would project for a guy like Oconquo. I'm not saying that's definitely who they're going to add, but uh, I mean, even just next year, even if it's this year and the next year in the draft, of course, they're going to be after receiving weapon. We know that. So um, I just don't think that the long-term outlook is one of him being a perennial tight end one, but I could be wrong about that. Um, You were definitely more in on him as a prospect. So, you know, uh, not that I was like completely out, but uh, he was a guy that you liked a lot uh, coming out. So, um, so yeah, I get you being higher, but I just don't, I just don't think he's done anything to to deserve being, being a tight end one, but um, that is my tight end bust. Who do you got for tight end bust? Well, some people would say the same thing about Trey McBride. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's not. I haven't ranked at 15 there, so it's not a tight end one. Yeah, but it's well above ADP. Um, right. But uh, yeah, my my tight end bust would be uh, Mr. Darren Waller. And look, I totally see a world where this all works out and he ends up being the number one target on that offense and he stays healthy and he gets all 15 passing touchdowns that they have for the year because that's you know all that Daniel Jones threw last year. Uh, but look, man, he ha- he can't stay healthy recently. I mean, his finishes the last two years are tied in 29 and tied in 18 in 2021. So uh, his current ADP is tied in nine. I have him at tied in 14 because I do see the upside and we've honestly seen him do it before. But yeah, I, uh, I I just not feeling overwhelmingly good about taking Darren Waller as, as my tight end one. Um, yeah, I, I, he... He's injury prone. He's on an offense that is not, you know, highly efficient or like, you know, produces a whole bunch of passing yards or touchdowns. And there's a whole lot of receivers there that, you know, I think could, um, you know, one or two of them could break out and be better. So, yeah, um, Waller, again, I see a world where this is successful, but tight end nine is just a little too rich for me. Yeah, I think I'm right there at ADP. So, um He's a guy I'll take. I'm not like super in on him, but I'm definitely not trying to avoid him. I think he's uh, like fallen to a place a couple of times where I'd take him. It's interesting. We made a trade uh, early in the off season uh, in one of our leagues. Um, There's some other small compensation added, but the, the meat of the trade was basically Jacoby Myers uh, for Darren Waller. Um, and, you know, I think I added a, a, you know, a developmental tight end or something on that for you. So um, and maybe there are second round picks involved. I don't know. But anyways, it's funny. Just two of the two of the people we've mentioned, we traded. And uh, yeah, it's I've drafted so many shares of Jacoby Myers. I'm actually kind of glad I did sell, sell that one share. But uh, but yeah, in your mind, you you know, getting rid of your tight end bus there, um, you know, might have done me dirty. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but uh, but all right. Um, I think we'll alternate on the top dogs, but I'll. I will let you go first because I'm certain that you don't have your tight uh, your top dog quarterback. But these are the let's just kind of clarify what these are. You know, some people might call them my guys. These are the guys we're really planning our flags on. We're trying to draft as much as we possibly can on them in every draft we're in. Um, and we, you know, we don't we might be higher than ADP. We might be right there with ADP, but either way, we're targeting them um as as uh you know the guys that we want on our team for where they're going and so um yeah that's that's you know the guys we're truly planting our flag if we're wrong about these guys uh you can make fun of us uh we will kind of um you know maybe throw in a couple of our top dogs from last year just uh for accountability's sake although for the most part i'm I'm pretty pretty proud of mine i think nate nate would say the same so uh nate i'll let you get into your 
top dog for 2023 quarterback. Uh, yeah, my top dog here, not going to get too fancy, not trying to outthink this, which is why I think he's a great selection. Uh, it's Joe Burrow. Uh, he's the guy that I got in our recent startup. I, I tend to do one yearly dynasty startup, um, just one a year or else it gets out of hand very quickly. But, uh, Joe Burrow, I was just enticed with because he has an incredibly safe floor in the way he plays in the offense he's in with all the weapons he has. And he has the upside to pass for 5,000 yards and be, you know, the QB one overall as well. So I love that combination. That's great if you can get it. And, um, you know, I, I think he's a guy that's going to be playing for a very long time. He's, his skill set is one that's going to age very well. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm attracted to those guys, especially, you know, we're playing more in like six point passing touchdown leagues. I know those are becoming more popular. Uh, Joe Burrow is fantastic in those. Uh, same with ones that, you know, reward you for plays, you know, 50 plus yard passing uh, plays, that kind of stuff. I think he's really going to work out in those situations. So, yeah, just recently, I know you got to pay a high price for him. But uh, if, you know, if you can get Joe Burrow and you've got a guy that you can rely on for the next, you know, probably, you know, 10, 15 years, if not more. So, yeah, um, my top dog going to be Joe Burrow. Man, that's a hot take, man. You're really putting your neck out there. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, he's he's a guy that, you know, uh, he's a foundational piece to to a dynasty team. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can acquire Joe Burrow for any kind of cost that isn't, uh, ridiculous. I mean, I pay three first easily for, for Joe Burrow. So, um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Won't catch any argument. I think you're one spot higher on him than me, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't want push back on that at all. Um, my top dog is a guy that you've already trashed in this episode, but say what you will. He finishes a top 12 dynasty or fantasy quarterback, and he's gonna, it's even a better outlook this year. And it's Daniel Jones. Uh, I've gotten him as my quarterback too. In most of the startups I've done this year, his ADP is quarterback 16. Same for ECR. I have him at 11. So I have him as a back end quarterback one. I've been ridiculed twice for taking him over Tua. Uh, but I'd rather have him over Tua. I mean, obviously, if Tua were completely healthy, I might consider Tua over that. I have him back-to-back, but for me, I, that's probably a hot take that most people would completely disagree with. Um, he's a good running quarterback, and here's the thing. It's not like one of these things. I know that he – I mean, he got the contract this year. He's got the bag. They've they've invested in him. He's, you know, uh, he had his best season last year. Was quarterback seven last year so i mean and i think the situation looks better i mean darren waller i know he was your bus tied in but if he does stay healthy that's a great addition they added uh a parrots campbell who's good because they needed a big body receiver uh i know he hasn't really proven it but i think he has he a chance to fill shit. a role. well he has a chance to fill a role uh but they also added I mean, first of all, Wondell Robinson uh, was having uh, several good games, got injured. Uh, Sterling Shepard also is perennially underrated, also got injured very early in the season. I think he actually got injured in uh, the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, look, all of their weapons that they have back this year, they've been replenished. It's going to be a better situation for Daniel Jones. He's going to be more comfortable in Ryan Dayball's system. And as the only caveat to this, the only thing I could see, like, I don't think they're going to be a train wreck of offense at at all. I think they're going to be much improved from last year. The only caveat to that is going to be 
if Saquon does like hold out or like, I don't think they would trade him, but if something happened with Saquon and he wasn't on the field, that would hurt their offense certainly. But uh, as long as he has Saquon, I mean, that's another option that he can dump off to and get some easy points with. Um, he, I, I don't think that Daniel Jones is one of these quarterbacks that they're going to be like, oh, we need to rush him less. Like I think they're like, well, we get we we paid this guy now. Let's let's uh let's let him do his thing. And uh, I just think for dynasty, he's way more valuable than he is in real life. That's true, but he just got the bag secured, and he's gonna be a dynasty a fantasy valuable quarterback for at least the next three, four years. And, you know, who knows what happens after that, but quarterback seven and then having a better situation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why quarterback 16 is the thing other than, you know, obviously the first several years. I mean, last year he was my value. I actually had him as my value last year. So that worked out super well, uh, but he was like drafted in the twenties last year. So he's, you know, kind of proven that he's not in that territory anymore, but I think some people kind of still see him that way. And that might be the case for Nate, but I'm very in on Daniel Jones. I've drafted him in three of my four startups and, um, yeah, I think he's an awesome quarterback too to to target for and ridicule me all you want for drafting him over whoever you like, but uh he's my top dog this year. You poor damn fool. No, it, I, I don't think it's a terrible selection just because of the rushing upside. He's still young and he got the bag. I do think that might mean they want him to last that entire contract and therefore will not ask him to run quite as much, but uh but yeah, I, I could see them working the other way, but um but yeah, not not gonna argue with you too too much about it. All right, where did you have him ranked again? Uh, let me check. I had him as QB fifteen. All right, you're still higher than consensus. Look at you, you're coming yeah, around. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a dick. All right, all right, I can respect it. I mean, I know eleven is is higher than most, but he is really the guy that I'm planting my flag on in Dynasty this year. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, well, you said we were going to alternate on top dogs, so you do uh, your running back. All right, will do. My, my running back is going to be a guy that Nate was in on more as a prospect, but I've come around watching him run. I don't know how you don't come around. And he also, surprisingly, uh, was a better, a more efficient pass catcher than I think we we thought he would be. Uh, what didn't get used at that in, in college. And this is Mr. Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce uh, is RB13 for me. Uh, ADP, he's 17. Uh, ECR, he's 19. So the experts are, again, even uh, further away from me than than uh, the you know draft community is. So um, I see him as – I wanted to fit him in as an RB1. That's how I see him. But there was just 12 guys I couldn't put above him. Uh, so he's RB13. But the very first RB2, I mean – uh, I know that, you know, I think he finished uh, in the 20s last year. Um, it wasn't – he kind of trailed off at the end of last season. Part of that was due to the fact that the Texans literally just stopped trying. Uh, and, you know, as, aside from the very last game that they won and, and lost the last pick. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I love watching this guy run. Again, he showed – I didn't think he had any pass catching upside. He was RB23 last year. There it is. Um, he showed – um. Pass catching upside in a way I didn't know he had 30 receptions. I mean, that's I didn't really see that in the cards, and I don't think most people did because it didn't happen at Florida. <laughs> it didn't it didn't happen at Florida. So how could we know? But uh yeah, I mean Damian Pierce for me, uh, you know, obviously being in on CJ Stroud, I think honestly, this year without them having a really elite pass catching weapon that's emerged yet, I think that Damian Pierce really is gonna be the engine of that offense. And you know, they brought in fucking what's his face, Singletary. 
Singletary will get some work, but I am in no way threatened of him being the alpha or him being the the, the guy that they're giving the ball to on the goal line. Um, and even pass catching, I mean, Singletary's not that great of a pass catcher, to be honest. Like, I think that Damian Pierce is probably a better pass catcher, at least what he showed me last year. So, uh, I mean, he caught 30 of 39 targets. Um, I think CJ Stroud will dump it off to him uh, when things get hairy in the pocket. So yeah, I'm 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 in on Damian Pierce 100% for Dynasty. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. I can't remember if it was the redraft or the Dynasty um, top dogs. It was redraft last year. He was yeah, your he, he was, was your top yeah. dog. No, yeah. I, I love Damian. It's a great Pierce. call. Yeah, he's uh no he's 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 a fantastic runner. Like you said, he's underrated as a pass catcher, and I think people are just kind of continually underrate him just because the draft capital but at a certain point the dude can just play and we've seen that with other guys like you know pollard and aaron jones and you know a few others so and top uh, of the fourth round for a running back i mean don't get me wrong it's not second round draft capital but it's not bad yeah. draft i mean it's if it's enough where if a guy shows it he can have that backfield for several years you know so yeah exactly um yeah uh, but no I'm, I'm i'm with you or you're with me i should say there but uh who's your uh dynasty top dog for running back yeah, and I would joke about, oh, I'm really going out on a limb on this one too. But, uh, you know, I, I am quite different than the ADP on him, and that's Nick Chubb. Uh, mm. His ADP is RB12. Uh, I have him as startup rank is RB5, so quite a bit higher. Uh, wow. It's just I think his his style of play and, the you know, the way he's built, he's going to age quite well. He's got that bowling ball, you know, low center of gravity. Uh, he's 227 pounds. He's an absolute hoss. Uh, he's still only 27 years old. He's the same age as McCaffrey, who's, you know, going, you know, as a top five dynasty RB everywhere. Uh, he's younger than Austin Eckler who's going above him. So, um, yeah, and he's, you know, I, you can still argue that this coming up year could be his best year ever. I mean, he, you know, he finished as a top five or six RB last year, but he could be catching quite a bit more passes this year and there's no more Kareem Hunt to worry about taking goal line touches from him. So, um, so yeah, it's, he's the only one of these guys that I could argue is like, you know, the best is still to come as far as some of these older guys. Um, maybe you could say that about McCaffrey and the Shannon and offense. I don't know that one year he had where it was like 1500 rushing and a thousand receiving was pretty impressive. I don't know if he'll ever beat that, but, uh, um, I mean, yeah, well, McCaffrey's ceiling. I mean, we that's okay well, if we, he doesn't. Yeah. But uh, if he gets <laughs> yeah. anywhere close to that, he's fine. But yeah, Chubb, he right. still has untapped potential. And, uh, you know, he still is not, you know, he's not Derrick Henry. He's not 29 or anything like that yet. So um, I just think, you know, RB12 and ADP is um, underrating him a little bit. And I have him in a lot of leagues and I will continue to get him if his ADP stays like that. Nope. I love that call. 80 people are not giving him the respect he's due it's because the you know 27 people start getting scared about the age but i mean he's i i think this will be his i mean last year was his best year um and as far as fantasy goes and i think this year that he'll top that especially because like you mentioned kareem hunt's not going to be there anymore so i mean jerome ford he'll probably emerge but i honestly don't think it'll be the same split that kareem hunt and chubb had at least certainly throughout their uh, you know the time they three years or four years they were together so um yeah, I love that call. Totally agree. I have him at nine, uh, RB9, so you are still higher than me, but I'm still higher than consensus, so I think it's a totally worthy call um, there, 100%. Um, all right, well, you want to get into your wide receiver? I am so undecided on this. 
It's I, I don't I all right. I, I'm just gonna pick Garrett Wilson because I'm still mad that you had him ranked at wide receiver three and I had him at wide receiver four. So I gotta name him as my top dog to redeem myself a little bit here. Uh but yeah, I like I, I do think this is one of the few guys that can end up being as good as Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase in fantasy. So um I gotta name him. He was my wide receiver one in that class. And I don't see a world where he fails that doesn't involve major injury. Um, I'll see who you pick because I'll name another guy that's a little bit older and is falling down some boards. But uh, yeah, Garrett Wilson, if I had to you know, get a receiver that I'm gobbling up everywhere, he's one of them. Okay. All right. Yep. No, definitely no, no argument from there is me being higher on him than you. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, no, but then, I, I mean, Hey, I, I had to, I had to come a lot further back back because uh, you were you were originally the high guy on him yeah, so the pendulum uh, so. is it's still swinging yeah yeah for sure. way. right well i mean i saw what i need to see an aaron rod i mean if he did that with fucking mike white i mean you know what, what, i'm i'm sold but anyways no i'm agree with you there uh for me my top dog he is a little bit older, but um, I mean, he's I've gotten him in almost every draft. I, I, I already I've been drafting him for years, and he, I feel like he's constantly undervalued. He's finishes the dynasty wide. I'm mean, sorry, the fantasy wide receiver two um, before, and admittedly that was with Jameis Winston thirty for thirty. But uh, Chris Godwin, man, why are people sleeping on Chris Chris Godwin? I mean, the man's twenty seven. He's just entering his prime. He's so good. He's like one of the best receivers in the fucking league. Like if we're just talking about skill, he's a top 12 receiver. Like I, I believe in that a hundred percent. And Mike Williams is, I'm mean, sorry, Mike Evans is in that conversation as well. Certainly throughout his career, uh, you know, that it, it might be starting to wane on, on Mike Evans just a little bit, but he still got a thousand yards last year, even with the, the shitty, um, you know, Brady, the uh, terrible final season. So um, yeah, I mean, look, Chris Godwin, I think people are just scared of Baker, whatever. Let's let's not forget. Um, I mean, first of all, Garrett Wilson, just like we just mentioned, no better example of if you're an elite talent, you can play through bad quarterback play. Uh, Let's also take another example. Um, Terry McLaurin finishes wide receiver 14 last year with fucking nobody. So, yeah, I mean, for me, He's way too, I mean, he, okay, this is actually crazy. So I have him at 18. ECR, the experts are much closer to me. They have him at 20, but ADP is 31. Mm. So ADP is just, the people are just drafting him way later than he needs to be. I mean, I'm, I'm drafting him as a high end uh, wide receiver too. And other people are drafting him as a wide receiver three. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know what the I think it really is just people are so out on Baker. But I completely believe that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is the best receiving core Baker's ever had. And I'm not saying Baker's going to go out there and destroy it. But I think even Kyle Trask could go out there and, you know, throw some good passes to these two receivers because they're two of the best in the league. They really are. But Chris Godwin is the one I like the most. So Chris Godwin is my top dog. Yeah, I like that. And I remember at one point last year, we were talking about how um, we were seeing it play out that like people kind of overrate the negative impact of like backup quarterbacks coming in or quarterbacks that we think is some par. Like 
these guys still know how to sling the football. They're still going to need to like try to score points. And if they're down, they're going to have to pass a whole lot to get back up. Like it's not as detrimental to fantasy assets as some people predict. So um, yeah. And also I, when it's like an alpha target like that, what is the inexperienced quarterback going to do? <laughs> Look for the best guy on the field and throw the ball. Often they get more targeted once the, once the, you know, backup or the underdeveloped quarterback comes in. So no, you're totally right, man. That's a great point. Yeah, especially guys like him that they win by separation. Like it's the guy that's waving his hands that, you know, has two yards on his defender that's easy for the inexperienced quarterback to hit. So, um, yeah, good, good points there. Um, I will go with – I thought about going with another more obvious answer, but uh, I'll go with Sam Laporta as my tight end uh, top dog here. Uh, this guy that just – I'm willing to stand by what I saw on film. He was – you know, he's a very athletic guy. He's you know, has great, great draft capital. And he's in a fantastic offense, especially from a passing perspective. Um, I think he can do it all. His his ADP is tight end 13. I have him at tight end nine. So I also view him as, you know, kind of a value in that regard. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm willing to plant my flag on uh, Sam Laporta. And again, he may not be, you know, a tight end one his rookie year, but, you know, that's kind of to be expected. But I think in the long term, he's going to be a fantastic tight end one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, def- definitely. Um, I mean, I have him ranked a little bit uh, lower than consensus or I have him at uh, 15. So um, yeah, a little bit lower than, than consensus and certainly lower than you, but yeah, I mean, I guess I just need to see it. I mean, he definitely was the engine of the offense, which you can rarely say at uh, for, for his college. Now that engine was not a very high powered engine. <laughs> it was like a I don't even know. I'm not an engine guy, like a two cylinder engine that doesn't even exist, but uh, yeah. it was, it was it was bad. Um, yeah, was it wasn't great. But um, that being said, no, I think he has a chance. I mean, definitely has a chance to come in, um, and and make a difference on the Lions. Could not remember the team he went to. The Lions offense. <laughs> uh, yeah, my one concern would be like Dan Campbell, which is I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'll just say it again. One concern would be Dan Campbell was a tight end coach, but he. Didn't really use TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had the, his least amount of fantasy value ever when he was there. And, you know, you expect a elite talent like tight end, uh, like TJ Hawkinson would, uh, you know, be utilized uh, by, by Dan Campbell heavily. Now, he got traded in the middle of the season, so we didn't have a large sample size to see what could have happened or what would have happened or whatever else. But, um, yeah, I mean... Hopefully he can use Sam Laporta better than he used TJ Hawkinson. I guess that's all I'll say. But uh, but no, I, I totally agree that Sam Laporta has a chance to be in a super good position that's that's valuable right away, maybe even in in year one because he is uh, pretty pretty well developed and NFL ready. I'm just not sure how high the upside is. Hey, and never forget Hawkinson's 40 point game came with the Lions. That Seahawks game. Oh, that, week, yeah, four, week one. It was week one or two. Uh, week four it was, but 179 okay. yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then nothing else happened. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh yeah, that, no, that yeah, was definitely that, the highlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. no, yeah, I like it. Um, I think uh that that is uh sticking your neck out a little bit. I already have him him as a tight end nine. And um, yeah, I think I think uh we'll see if it pays off, but I like the boldness. Um all right, well. My one safe pick I did make, or I, I don't know if it's safe, but I have him ranked at the exact same place where he's being drafted, and it happens in every draft. He's going to be drafted pretty much at this point. But I'm going to take him here every time, and there's a huge gap between him and the tight end five. This is my tight end six, da- Dallas Goddard, and 
there's like a two round gap. There's like, it's like, it goes, look, I love George Kittle. George Kittle's dope, but George Kittle tight in five and then a two round gap. And I can get Dallas Goddard. I think there's, I mean, uh, Dallas Goddard's two years younger, two and a half years younger than George Kittle. I think there's a strong chance. I mean, I won't say a strong chance, but like a 40, 30, 40% chance that Dallas Goddard outproduces Kittle this year, especially if something happens with injury uh, with Kittle. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very in on Dallas Goddard. I think he's going at the right place, but there it just, just seems to be that one, two, three, four, five, and then a big gap for people. Whereas I see Dallas Goddard more as in that same tier as that top five. And I'll, I draft him, you know, three, four spots after George Kittle probably, but I don't have to do that. I can wait a whole round if I need to, and possibly even a round and a half. So, uh, so yeah, that's happened in almost every draft I've been in. Um, so I just, uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to take the gamble. And if I miss out on those top five tight ends, I'm really happy to get Dallas Goddard, um, as, uh, you know, a guy I can get in the fifth, maybe even sixth round. Yep. I, I like that. I like Goddard a lot. Um, yeah. And he's, he's definitely got youth on his side. So it's crazy how young he is. So, cause he's like 26, right? 26 or 27. I think he's 27. I think he just turned 27. Yeah. Yeah. But still, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Kittle. I actually considered him as my top dog as well, just cause I think this year, especially he's going to do really well. Cause I think the him and Purdy connection, I mean, we saw it at the end of last year, he had by far his best performances when he was with Purdy. So, um, you know, and he was probably tied in, maybe not one, but two in that span as far as fantasy production goes. So, um, yeah, I think Kittle this next year might surprise some people and um, return some value. Yeah, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm, with, well. I'm totally with you there. And if Purdy is the quarterback, I would rather have Kittle than Debo or Ayuk. I mean, I don't know if how hot a take that is. I mean, obviously with the positional scarcity, probably yeah. people might agree with me, but – um, I mean, I would be willing to bet. Let me put phrase the phrase it this way: I would be willing to bet that he is the number one target in that offense if mm. Purdy is the quarterback. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a good call there. If if that was where you went, but I like your Sam Laporta call. So let's just recap, Nate. Let's uh, recap our, I guess, all of this because we didn't recap along the way. So uh, let's start out with our values, and uh, I'll recap my values. I had C.J. Stroud as my quarterback. DeAndre Swift as my running back, Jacoby Myers as my wide receiver, and Trey McBride as my tight end. Yep, my values were Mac Jones at quarterback, Cam Akers at running back, uh, Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver, and Tyler Higby at tight end. All right, for the busts, I had Jordan Love as my quarterback, Tony Pollard as my running back, Kadarius Tony as my wide receiver, and Chig Okonkwo as my tight end. And I had uh, Trey Lance as my QB bust, uh, J- Jameer Gibbs at running back, Calvin Ridley at wide receiver, and Darren Waller at tight end. I'm still mad about Ridley. Uh, all right. And then top dogs, um, I had Daniel Jones as my top dog quarterback, Damian Pierce as my running back, Chris Godwin as my wide receiver, and Dallas Goddard as my tight end. Very happy. We didn't have any of the same names. It worked out so well. But uh, for top dogs, I had Joe Burrow at quarterback, uh, Nick Chubb at running back, uh, Garrett Wilson at wide receiver, and uh, Sam LaPorta at tight end. Oh, hey, let me rewind 
mind just a little bit. You said there was another name you wanted to mention at wide receiver. Uh, who who is it? You said a guy that's going a little deeper. Oh yeah, I just think like you know Cooper Cup is going at wide receiver twelve. We've talked about it before, but you know I have him at wide receiver nine. And I, again, I think it's I didn't want to name too many Rams on this uh, thing, which Dude, I typically I think- do. This but is the, the first year where I feel like it's a, it's actually they're actually valued too low. So you know, yeah, I, I, um, like across the board, I, you know, I considered Van Jefferson for my value at a wide receiver. So, um, but yeah, yeah. You know, I think Cooper Cup is you know definitely going to be competing for wide receiver one, you know, fantasy finish the next two to three years. So, uh, so yeah, maybe tight end or uh, wide receiver twelve is um, a little too too late for him. Yeah, I agree with you. We're both higher. Um, we're both higher than that. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think that would have that, that's a worthy mention as well. So sorry to sorry to rewind a little bit. I just I, yeah. I, I wanted to I wanted to hear what that was. So good name to throw out there. Uh, so yeah, uh, with that, um, that's it. We recapped everything. So yeah, we're we're, we're good, to, episode, good to get folks. out of here. Yeah, that's that's all we got for you. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, this is all really fun. Please, please, please message us. Reach out. Let us know. What you think about our any of our takes here in this episode? We, you know, we we feel strongly about these, and we, you know, definitely, um, you know, we try to stand by them, and not to say that we're going to be right one hundred percent, but we're, you know, we're always happy and interested in talking about them. So, uh, reach out, and uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Be sure to like, subscribe, uh, comment, uh, do all the fun things you can do on uh, whatever. media you're listening to this spotify or apple music and we really appreciate it uh nate you got anything to add before we get out of here uh nope you've said it all we've done it all and uh yeah this this is one of my favorite episodes of the year so uh yeah i hope you all enjoyed it we uh, enjoyed preparing this one 100 percent. and uh next week we haven't officially decided we got a couple of ideas we're we're throwing around so uh mystery box Yes, be sure to stay tuned. Uh, there's a couple of directions we might go, but uh, we'll it'll probably be something Dynasty related to kind of wrap up our Dynasty coverage before we kind of start moving into some other territories. So, um, yeah, be sure to tune in, guys. We appreciate you as always. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we always like to hear what you think about, uh, you know, these big takes that we make on this episode. So uh, always be sure to reach out. So for that, with that, I this is Josiah signing out for Nate. Fantasy Dogs out.